Thank you for joining us today. Whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on-site with us weekly or tuning in online, we'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Does anyone else at times like I just not want the worship to end? Just me? I just want to keep going. I know the band appreciate the break, but there's, there's lyrics in those songs that we sing and it's like, that's so real for me. That's so where I'm at. There's no shadow you won't light up. I just think, man, that just shows the depth and the breadth of the love that God has for us. Cool. Well, good morning, church. And if you're, uh, good morning. And if you're joining us for the first time, or if you're online, I hope you feel very much a part of us this morning. I'm going to try my absolute best to stay as still as possible today. We've uh, got a few less people on team this morning, and if I move around too much online, end up just seeing a blank wall. So I'm going to do my very best to stick within my perimeters that Megan's given me. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll try. I've also done a very silly thing, and I've highlighted my scriptures in what looked on the screen to be a very light blue and when it turns out it's almost black so uh, if I'm squinting it's not that I've you know I can't read it's just the fact I can't see the words so um, please bear with me but this morning as I was reading back through uh, my notes and stuff I really am hoping this is an encouraging word I think if you could if you read the title you might be thinking oh thanks Tom but I really want it to be an encouraging word. I really want you to be able to take something th- from it to grow and to apply it to your life. And um, yeah, that, that is my prayer. That is my prayer. That you can take something this morning, utilize it, apply it. And when the going gets tough, you'll have something there to recall and to use. Let's pray just quickly. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for the time of worship that we can come into your, into your presence and praise. Lord, as we're joined together, you're, Lord, you're here in the midst. And we are so grateful for your presence, Lord. By your spirit this morning, may you speak through your word, Lord. Speak through us as we go from this place, Lord. May we grow in understanding and in wisdom, Lord, the fresh pouring of your spirit and your grace and your mercy upon our lives. Amen. Amen. So I don't know if, if um, anyone else has had this situation in their house recently. Rosie and I yesterday had to make a very big decision. Um, it took both of us to agree. And um, we decided that we would put the heating on. And uh, everyone else, you know, the same sort of thing. You know, you get, you're getting home from work or you wake up in the morning like it's cold. And this week has been definitely a change in the season. It's been winter this week. It is bitter, bitter cold. Evie, every morning, she comes up to our room and she asks Alexa in her little way, she asks what the weather's going to be like. And Alexa, I don't know how, understands every word she says. So I'm actually going to parent through Alexa from now on um, as like a translator for my four-year-old. But Evie comes up and this morning it was like zero degrees. She's like, zero? Is that cold? I'm like, yeah, that's cold. That's cold. I'm glad we've got the heating on. But a bit like seasons in in our weather, we can have seasons in our lives and sometimes those seasons can feel like summer and they've been great and they bring new things and it's a bit like spring and you've got fresh stuff and sometimes those seasons can feel a bit like today, a bit cold, a bit dry, a bit just not very pleasant and in our faith these seasons come and they sometimes stay a little bit longer than we 
would have liked and we've hoped and we'd have prayed. And this is where this morning's kind of subbed the head in and kind of where I'm bringing the word from comes from. When the going gets tough. Yeah, thanks. Turn that heating on quickly. When everything around us is falling apart, it feels dark, we can almost feel a bit like Job in that everything's just being stripped from us and we're thinking, what are you doing, God? What are you doing? When the going gets tough, we're going to read this morning uh, a scripture in Mark 4 and it's, um, it's Jesus and his disciples and to give you a bit of uh, background in the first four um, chapters, Jesus has um, been baptised, he's chosen his disciples, he's started to do his work and his ministry and miracles and they've been had a long day teaching and speaking to people and uh, we're going to pick up in verse 35 and uh, they've just got on a boat and it's um, yeah, from Mark 4.35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in a boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was asleep at the back of the boat, and his head was on a cushion. The disciples woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Jesus woke up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, peace, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. When the going gets tough, sometimes life hits you hard. You have these real storms. Life has a way of knocking you down. It has a way of squeezing you. And sometimes it's just, it's too much. People know me. I'm a bit of a crier. And you feel so squeezed that actually all you can do is cry. Maybe it's a situation, a storm in your life around finances, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's pain, maybe it's illness, maybe it's loss, maybe it's fertility problems, maybe it's family feuds, maybe it's work problems, grief, maybe it's just other people, maybe it's regrets, depression, anger, maybe someone you love is actually really hurting or is hurting you. Maybe you're going through stuff and you can see stuff that's just not fair. Or maybe it's just a constant feeling of unanswered prayers. It says in that scripture that the water was coming into the boat. It wasn't just a storm. It had massive implications on their safe place where they felt safe. The water was coming in. I'm sure you've all had or you've going through one of those things. A trial, a tribulation that's become tough, that you're being squeezed, and the storm is real, and the impact of that storm is very evident in your life and your day to day. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I feel I can be honest with you because it kind of works better that way. But I've been going through a storm recently that has felt longer than any other season in my life. And I've I've never cried as much as I've cried over the last six, eight months. It's been hard. It's been a, a squeezing process. It's been a, there's too much water in this boat. We're going to drown. And sometimes it's hard and sometimes you feel like giving up. And this isn't a message to say that those things aren't going to happen. So if you're hoping for that, I'm really sorry. That's why I kind of want it to be encouragement, but it's, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's not that those things aren't going to happen. In uh, John 16, Jesus says this. 
He says, in this world you will have trouble. And you're like, thanks Jesus. But he says this, he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This world is related to trouble. But Jesus says, I have overtaken the world. I have overtaken this trouble. And Jesus experienced his fair share of troubles and trials and unfair times. And when we're going through this, I just want to encourage you to almost step back for a minute. Go back to your foundation. Go back to what you've built your faith on and say, I'm going to start with the truth that I know. I'm going to put that cornerstone in place and I'm going to build again on the truth. And with these trials and with these storms and when the going gets tough, it's not always what's tough or when it's tough or how it's... No, sorry, that is my thing. When it's tough, it is how we handle what is tough. How we handle what is tough. The reality of this passage is the fact that the the disciples that have just been chosen, that have uh, had teaching and seen miracles and have lived a life that is, you know, any one of us would love to experience just just a day with Jesus in that way. But this is their first wobble, if you want. Their first reality that what they see the here and now is impacting them and they forget what they've seen and what they've heard. Isn't it true that often the, the indication of what the future holds is often what the past has already taught us? If we're going through something, so often we look at that, oh my goodness, I don't know how to cope in this situation, I don't know what to do. And then you'll have someone who will say, do you not remember four years ago we prayed about this and God answered? Or don't you remember that storm we went through actually turned out to be okay? We have God with us. It's how we handle these tough times. And like I say, I've been going through some stuff and I'm no expert at this and I'm learning every day and I'm willing to be taught. I'm willing to learn from people who are far wiser than me, who have experienced more than me, who are doing life with me and I'm more than willing to be taught and shaped by a God who knows. So I've got four, four pointers this morning that I want to touch on. Four pointers that are tools of when the going gets tough. How do we handle this? And my first one, and you might just think, actually, Tom, all these four are quite simple and quite obvious. But when you're in the moment, you forget. You totally forget the basics. We're, me and um, Rosie, we've got um, two cars. Rosie's an automatic, mine's a manual. And often if I get into Rosie's car, we're driving along, we'll get to a roundabout or the traffic lights, and I'm looking for that clutch. I'm like, oh, where is it? And I'll put my... That's, that's me driving. <laughs> and I'll stamp my foot on the brake, and everyone will fly forward. I'm like, oh, sorry, I forgot. It's the other car. But we go through these things, and when all around us is... We're used to it, we're normal, and something changes, and we just totally forget what we've got. What's at our, what's at our disposal? What's at our gifting, our blessings from God to use and to equip us and empower us? So these four things, number one, prayer. How do we pray when things are not nice? Things aren't going swimmingly, things aren't lovely and joyful. Things are tough, things are hard. We're struggling with some of those storms that we're all thinking about in reality. We need to be honest with God. 
God knows our heart. He knows our thoughts. But we need to be honest with him. Psalm 118, verse 5 to 8, or 5 to 7 actually, says this, Out of my distress I called to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me on a broad place. With the Lord on my side, I do not fear. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is on my side to help me. I shall look in triumph to those who hate me. Over this last six, eight months, I have learned to pray in a different way. I've learned what lament is, what this, what this passion, this, this passionate prayer of, of, of not argument necessarily, but of absolute sorrow has come from a place of rage maybe or a place of protest, but it's, it's not like, a oh dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this. It's, God, why? How? When are we going to see any breakthrough? When are things going to change? And it's amazing because the, prayer, the Bible is full of prayer and people praying. And particularly in the Psalms, there is a massive, massive majority that is lament. And we read the Psalms and we think, oh, that's nice. But they were struggling. They were, they were absolute, absolute turmoil with things. David was crying out to God, why? Why, God? And so many times we've been, or I have been almost in that same position of crying out in lament. But with prayer and with lament, we have to be open. We have to be transparent. We have to be focused on emptying ourselves onto a God who knows, but be prepared to be filled by a God who knows. As we empty ourselves, as we empty our frustration, our pain, our, our protest to him, by his spirit, he's going to fill us. And if we continue to offload and kind of give it to him and are not prepared to be filled, then we rob ourselves of the peace that calmed the sea. Transparency is key in our relationship with God. Like I said, he knows and he sees, but he wants us to, to tell him. If you've got a good friendship um, or you're married or you've um, got work colleagues, you can often tell how someone is just by how they act. We're not going to go into great detail about that because my wife's not here and she'll, if she was, she'd stand up and, and correct me. But we can sometimes just sense things aren't right and you sometimes, you know, you know, the whole saying, walking on thin ice, you just don't know what to do. But as soon as you say to that person, I've noticed you're not okay, what's up? And they tell you, isn't that such a relief? Firstly, you know it's got nothing to do with you, so you're like, whoo, thank goodness for that. But you can kind of give that support. You can pray for that person. You can encourage them. Invest time in, in communicating with God through prayer. My second point, his word. When things get tough, what better way than to hear the, through the word of God? Read experiences of countless people who have gone through the same thing I'm going, on, going through now, 2,000, 4,000 years on, and I think I'm the only person in the world who's ever had to handle this. And you read scripture, you're like, oh no, nothing's changed. 
<laughs> they just wrote it down. I just go through it. And yet, we, we read it and then we kind of forget to see the deliverance that they've had or the, the um, fulfilling of promises in the word through God. And you're like, oh, do you know what? I wish I'd read this before. Or I wish I'd continued. Or I wish I'd actually thought, this could apply to me in my situation. It wasn't just for them. I want to tell you this, Jesus is constant. God is constant, the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's our instruction book for how we live. Again, in Psalms 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. I do a little bit of DIY around the house, and if anyone else has um, been to Ikea, you'll appreciate that Ikea is a different realm of DIY. Uh, there's, you look at a picture and you think, that looks pretty straightforward until you get the bits out and it's like, oh my goodness, where do these things go? And you can start to think, well, that's a shelf, so that must put... But man, you can build a wardrobe that you think is pretty straightforward from a box, but there are brackets and clips and pins and all sorts of stuff that you don't know where it goes. You kind of put it together and you can't fit the drawer in. And I'll, Trust me, if you haven't done it, don't do it. So, but unless you read the instructions manual, you'll see what process goes first, then what things come next, and you end up with something that's fully functional, looks nice, you haven't broken anything or anyone, and things are happy. Yet when we live our lives, we kind of go from one stumbling block to another, from one mistake to a regret, and we think, why did we not go back to the Word and use it like an instruction manual on how we should live, how we should fulfill, how we should ask, how we should wait, and how we should be ready to receive. Our lives are far more complex than an Ikea flat pack. But the person who created us is the same person who breathed in life into the Word of God. By His Spirit in us, in this Word, we can use it as, an, as a tool to equip us. There is no one who cares more about you than God. The scripture says that he knows every hair on your head and his thoughts and cares for you are far out away. I was going to say, no, they're far more than the grains of sand, far out count the grains of sand on this earth. That's a lot. I've never tried to count sand, but I can imagine it's, it's impossible. Maybe that should be our first how through reading the word and prayer. Maybe in that order. Number three, praise. The writer in Hebrews 13, 15 says this, with Jesus' help, we will continue to offer our personal sacrifice of praise to God by telling others of the glory of his name. This is a real how moment for me. How do I cope when the going gets tough? Praise for me is my place. I love our midweek worship on a Tuesday. I love our time of worship here. But you actually don't need somebody on stage to worship, to praise. You actually don't need a band, however talented they are, to praise. You actually don't need a worship leader or a pastor. Or should I say, you don't even need a church. You need a personal sacrifice of praise, of worship. That is how we do it. Talking about lament, I don't believe it's a coincidence that the final psalm, 150 verse 6, says this. And uh, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
when David and the writers of the Psalms have gone through all their stuff, it's almost like a PS at the back. Once you've gone through all of that, don't forget to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's an instruction, almost an order that we are created to praise. Our lives are an offering of praise. It's a real privilege to invite my friend Martin up, who's going to share with us uh, a snippet of his testimony. And uh, come on up. Give him a clap. Fantastic. Morning, church. My name is Martin Blakely. I'm a recovering drug user. I'm in process of writing my testimony, so I won't go too deep, as hopefully I'll be able to share it with everyone soon. Tom's asked me to share my thoughts of how their worship songs and the lyrics have helped me. My first time in church was two years ago. I was in a very dark place, didn't know what to expect. I was looking around and seeing so many happy, smiley people. Then the band started, and the songs, the lyrics, the sound gave me a feeling I've never felt before. I needed to find out more. Over the next couple of weeks, two songs, the lyrics really hit me hard, and today still are my favourite. I'd like to share them with you. The first is The Battle Belongs to You. The lyrics that hit me was, when I fight, I fight on my knees. First time I heard this, I stood over there, uh, tears running down my face. As December last year, my drug use was at an all-time high, and I felt I couldn't... I felt I'd come to an end, and I didn't want to be here anymore. I was on my knees praying with my last fight in me. God, if you're real, take this pain and this addiction away. This December, I'll be one year clean. I'm still dealing with my own thoughts and the struggles, but the other song is Raise a Hallelujah. As no matter what happens now, I trust God's process, and I will sing in the middle of the storm. Thank you. Isn't that encouraging? Thank you for sharing that. When the going gets tough, praise, pray, worship, read the word. And look at the testimony, look at the miracles that we can proclaim and we can rejoice in and we can give God all the glory for that. Awesome. And lastly, come into the presence of the Lord. And I don't mean church. I mean, find people you can share things with, that you can be accountable to and with, that will sharpen you. We are a body for Christ. No part is more important. We are reliant and dependent on each other to build his kingdom and see his kingdom come. Matthew eighteen twenty, Jesus says this, where two or more are gathered as my believers, I'm there among you. Jesus was a prime example of this. At his moment of trial, before his crucifixion, he went to pray in the garden. And who did he take with him? A few of his disciples. 
Jesus, who was 100% God and 100% man, chose to be surrounded by people who believed. He was more than capable. He was God. But he chose to have fellowship with those around him. So, when the going gets tough, I'm going to praise God. When the going gets tough, I'm not going to turn away. When the going gets tough, I'm not going to give up. When the going gets tough, I'm going to trust. When the going gets tough, I'm still going to believe in a God who keeps his promises. When the going gets tough, I'm still going to praise and worship. As I was writing that little list, I was reminded of an account in the Old Testament of um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. For those of you who um, know the story, they are bound up and thrown into a furnace for not worshipping King Nebuchadnezzar. And at that moment of being thrown in, the onlookers see in the fire four figures. And as I was reading it, this is, this is hundreds, well, hundreds of years before Jesus. The account says that there's four in the fire and the fourth person looks like a son of God. They had no understanding of who or what God was or what Jesus was, but they could see from their acts of obedience to God that that there in the fire with them was something far greater than anything that put them in there. So let's recap. When the going gets tough, it's not when are we going to go through it, but it's how we're going to go through it. We're going to go through it with prayer, honest, open and transparent. We're going to go through it with his word, our instruction manual, from the one who created us. We're going to go through praise of personal sacrifices and we're going to see breakthrough. And we're going to come into the presence of God as the body of believers together. And that leads me to my last last part, which is when Jesus was woken up, he says these words, silence, peace, be still. The rest didn't come from the waves kind of slowing down. The rest and the peace came when Jesus spoke. Because the authority that he has was far more powerful than what the waves brought. And these guys were fishermen. They were used to storms. They were used to waves. They were used to waters coming in their boat. But what they weren't used to was someone with authority speaking words. Peace. Be still. I saw a quote this week from Charles Spurgeon. It says this, I shake, but my rock moves not. We all have our wobbles. We all have our moments of frustration and disbelief sometimes. But we will not be shaken because who we stand on will not move. The same Jesus that was asleep on the boat was the one who calmed the seas. And he's the same Jesus for you and for me today. Amen. Amen.